His name is Jesus Christ. He'll wash away all your sins. He'll set you free by the blood of the Christ. Come on. He'll set you free. We don't have to live with sin no longer. We've been set free by the blood of Jesus. He's a way maker. He's a prayer answering God. All we got to do is call out on His name. Call out on His name. He'll answer our prayers. Oh, He's a way maker this morning, church. He's a way maker this morning. Today's going to be a little different for you. A little different service this morning. I felt it from the beginning. If things were beginning to unfold, it, you could just feel the Lord doing something a little different this morning. How many know that's all right with Jesus? Amen. How many of y'all ready for the Word this morning? Ready to be taught the Word? Ready for the Word to be preached at you? Ready to receive the Word? Ready to act on the Word? Ready to live the Word? Amen. I want to talk to you for a moment about what pastor looks for in leadership before we move into the Word. I can remember years ago we were pastoring another church and this man came to church and he was in a wheelchair. He was totally paralyzed. He had an electric wheelchair. I mean, I know those things can get heavy. Those electric wheelchairs are heavy. He didn't live too far from the church so him and his wife would actually walk to the church. One Sunday night, he came to church. We had a good service. It was in the winter time, so the, you know, it got dark by the time we were done with Sunday night church. And they left the church, they went on, and I knew they were going home. We were still inside the church taking care of the final business of the church for that night. And somebody that was with them came running through the church, saying, Pastor, Pastor, come help, come help, he's falling in the ditch. You see, he was on the other side of the road, and there was a big ditch, about 10 foot deep. He'd gotten too close, the wheels of his, of his wheelchair got too close and he fell down in that ditch. Wheelchair's on top of him. Without hesitation, I jumped down. I said I was going to talk to you about leadership. I jumped down in this ditch and getting ready to grab a hold of this heavy, heavy wheelchair. And I looked up. And there was not another man in the ditch with me. But there was my beautiful wife. If you want to know what the pastor's looking for in leadership, look to Angel. She embodies what, I, what my standards are in leadership. Without hesitation, she jumped in the ditch too. Oh, there was men there, but they were outside the ditch. And her and I grabbed that wheelchair and lifted that heavy wheelchair, oh, I don't know how much it weighed, but it was heavy. Picked it up, put it over our heads, and put that wheelchair out. And then we scooped him up in our arms, and we crawled out of that, out of that ditch with him. You see what I love about my wife, and by the way, how many of y'all know that March is supposed to be Pastor's Wife Appreciation Month? We should show Pastor's Wife Appreciation. I don't know where they picked March, but March is supposed to be the month. Without hesitation, she jumps in to every situation. Whatever needs to be done in the church, 
If there's nobody doing it, Angel will pick up the mantle and start doing it. Even if she don't know how, how to do it, she'll try to figure it out along the way. And that's what I love about her. She loves the Lord. She's a go-getter. She does what needs to be done. There's a lot of things behind the scene that nobody knows that she takes care of. She loves people. Keeps me straight half of the time. <laughs> Amen. And she's a wonderful leader in the church. And this morning, she's going to come and share the word with us. Y'all make this angel feel welcome. Yes, she did. He said a lot. Which I don't really, <clears throat> for me it's not that. I just know God has certain things He wants done and we got to do them. By any means necessary, we do them. And if that means I've got to come in here and play drums, which Brother Tim, I don't know where he went, but I can't play drums, just so y'all know. I can't play the piano. I can't play nothing. But if God ever tells me to and it sounds good, you know it's Him. But... Um, the Lord laid on, I'm in the three o'clock club. I don't like that club. That club is not fun. The three o'clock club is when God wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning, gives you a message either for you or for the church, or he just likes to mess with you. I don't know which yet. But I've never had it happen to me the way it did this, this last time. I've been going through some sickness, which I knew... Um, with my lungs, some body problems, physical issues. And I just, I got tired. And I'm like, God, I can't take no more. You know, heal me or kill me. That's something I always pray to. Uh, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Never pray heal me or kill me because he might kill you. But I was like, God, you know, I'm ready. Whichever you want to choose. Heal me, take me on. I'm good either way. I'm exhausted, you know. So he gave me this, and it's called, um, Brother Steve, if you'll put that title up. It's called Embracing the Mantle of Intercessory. Because what happened is, he woke me up to pray. And he don't do that often. I mean, he'll do it, and I'll pray for a few minutes, and then it's like, okay, you can go back to sleep, you're good. But no, this time he woke me up to pray. And today we're starting our fast, and this goes hand in hand with the fast because you cannot fast without prayer, That's right. That's right. and you shouldn't pray without fasting. So this is something that the Lord has shared with me over some time, so I'm going to pray real quick, and I've got a few scriptures we're going to go over, but y'all bear with me because this one's really... This one's really coming from deep down in the heart from me and from God because he wants to share something with y'all to get this party started is what I'm going to say. We got a 21-day party coming. Now we can either party and enjoy ourselves in this 21 days or we can come in and be all sad, sack, pitiful and act like we dying because we ain't had meat or sugar or, or dairy. But the Bible says, wash your face and act like you ain't fasting. So let's make sure we party for the next 21 days. And I've got some things to help you party. 
So, Father God, I ask you today, Lord, I just ask you to be in control of this service, God. I ask you to ordain my words, ordain the things that you would have them hear. Lord, open their hearts and their minds and ears to receive the word that comes from you. This is nothing to do with me. I am just the vessel that you chose to use this time. And God, I'm just asking you by the blood of Yeshua to just bless and touch each and every member in this room, every person that's listening online, every person that's going to hear this, watch this this, I ask you to just let this minister to them as we go forth and have a 21-day party for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, You can go ahead and put the first scripture. All right, intercessory defined. The act of interceding in prayer or petition in favor of another. Okay, what I learned uh, when I was talking with him or when he was talking to me, rather, I've got like five pages. He, I was talking to him about prayer, and I was like, God, I've prayed for everybody I know to pray for, everybody that's come to my mind, everybody that's been on my heart. Why are you still having me pray? He said, because when you pray, when you do intercessory, you're not doing it for yourself. It doesn't. It, you can, but we are to intercede for others according to the Word, and it's written over and over and over and over in the Word that we are to intercede for others. So... This is what he told me. He said, humble yourself and fast and pray. Not just pray, not just fast. Fast and pray and get out of God's way. Even when you don't understand, only trust Him with everything and everyone. Allow Him to heal your broken places and trust Him to always be there even when you don't feel Him. Know He is there. There's a difference between feeling and knowing. Knowing God's there supersedes your emotional feelings and it also goes into your mind. And in your mind, the devil's going to lie to you. The kids like to say this. I'm going to do this because I I told Pastor I was going to do it. They they say sus. The kids say sus. It means something different. Well, I've redefined it. Sus means shut up Satan. Yeah. I hear them in the teen class, they'll say, it sounds, you know, I don't know what it means for them, but now it means shut up, Satan. It's sus. Shut up. Because he is going to lie to you. Every second of every day, every chance you get, he is going to lie to you. His job is to lie. Period. Or as the kids say, period. You get, see, I get them laughing. But I do a lot of fun stuff with them. Anyway, but... Period. He, his job is to make you feel like his lie is the truth. His lie is that you aren't worthy. His lie is you don't have the ability to be an intercessor. His lie is there's no reason to fast. That was done away with in the old days. But Jesus said that we would only have power through fasting and prayer. He didn't say through prayer and fasting. You have to fast before you can pray. Would you want to know why? I think y'all do. Y'all want to know why. Y'all look like y'all hungry for it. You have to fast first because you have to kill yourself daily. Your flesh has to die to allow the power of God to come upon you, to work through you, to be in you, so that when you lay hands on someone that's sick, dying, or need, or bleeding, you know, just whatever, when you lay your hands, you've got to have that power to heal them. Because you're not healing them, God is. And you're not a vessel that God can use if you do not fast first. Because fasting kills our flesh. Amen. 
And I know, because I hate fasting more than anything in the world. <laughs> Not because of food. It's because I don't get hungry till we fast. I desire no food until we fast. Because I asked pastors more, I said, why is it I'm hungry today? I'm never hungry on Sunday morning. Ever. I don't eat with the kids. They come back here and eat. I don't I drink a juice or something. I'm never hungry till we fast. So I'm like, you know what? I'm looking forward to this fast because we're going to party for 21 days of getting all this junk out of our bodies. We're going to detox all the garbage that the devil has let us put in our bodies for 21 days. And you know what? When the 21 days is over, I pray that none of us want to go back to the crap that we put in our... Yeah, I know that's not a nice word, but the garbage that we put into our bodies because it turns it toxic. How many of you have health problems because of something you eat? Let's be honest. How many get a tummy ache because of something you eat? How many can go to... How many can eat a piece of bread and swell up like a balloon? Let's just point the finger at me on that one. And I'm tired of it. Are you tired of feeling beat down? Are you tired of feeling like the devil... I mean, you, you wake up and you feel like you're just not going to make it. Yeah, I'm tired of it. And so God got tired of it with me. And so we had a little prayer session at 3 o'clock in the morning until 5 a.m. And I never took a nap that day. <laughs> Which I think I'm still on it. But um, this Proverbs, I think it's 1624. And it says... Um, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. And this is what the Lord told me about that. And it also goes with Psalms 103, uh, verse 5, which is the next one, if you want to go ahead and put it up, brother. He says, He will satisfy your mouth with good things. Mm -hmm. That means what we put in for our physical bodies or our physical well-being and what comes out for our spiritual well-being. See, it's not one way or the other. He's not saying sit there and eat good food and that's it. You can put all the good food you want and speak all the bad out and now your negative speak will just destroy all the good food. You will talk yourself to death. He says, watch what you put in and what you allow to come out as it has an effect on the work, uh, on your walk with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Not just one. Anything we do affects the three. You can say, my walk with God is good. My walk with Jesus is good. Well, how's your walk with the Holy Spirit? Come on. Yes. Yep. Come on. Yes. Yep. Yep. Something to think about. I'd rather speak in tongues praying because I so mess it up in English. I, I try to pray for things and it's like I get tongue-tied and I'm like, Holy Spirit, just take over. I can't do it. You know what's needed more than I do. And that's yielding to the Spirit. Because if we don't yield to the Holy Spirit, especially during this fast and this prayer time, we're going to miss it. And we can pray all day long for Jimmy, George, Henry, Susie, whoever, and and have not got the power to back up those prayers because we have not fasted and took control of our own selves. When we fast, and I know this is not, uh, I wasn't planning for this to be fasting and praying. It's supposed to be intercessory. Because that's what we're going to be doing during this 21-day fast is interceding. Are you going to be praying just for yourself? What's the point of fasting and praying? To uplift another. Those that do not know how to pray for themselves and those that don't want prayer for themselves. Come on. 
This I found out. When you have an unsaved loved one, they ain't sitting there going, please pray for me while you fasting. They're saying, don't, don't do that. I got, I got one that says, I'll listen to you, but are you done yet? And I'm like, no, I'm not done. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I started just praying all over again. But I pray for them. And what's got me is, since I started in this journey of looking into the prayer part, they've let me pray for them on the phone and didn't hang up. And they should have. And it was weird. (laughs) It was so weird. Have you ever prayed for someone and you're waiting for them to hang up on you? Because I was. I was like waiting for that click. And I was like, oh, wait, you're still there. And that's what I said. I said, you're still there. And they were like, yeah. I said, well, I was praying. I'll tell the story. I was praying for my grandkids. They got sick with the flu. Not the one that was here, but not the ones that are here, but the uh, other ones. They got sick with the flu from their school. And so I'm on the phone with her. They got a fever. I start praying. I start speaking in tongues. She doesn't hang up. I started praying more. I started quoting the word over them. She didn't hang up. So I get finished. I pray a little more. And I'm sitting there waiting. I'm like, well, she probably hung up now. And I hear her making sound. I said, you didn't hang up. She goes, no, you were praying. I was like, wait a minute. You always know. Okay. I said, who are you? But that shows that God is working. And she knew the importance of prayer because her kids were sick. And she knew she didn't have it in her to pray for them. So who's the next best thing? Nana. So um, we'll go to... um, Move on to Exodus 23 and 25. I've got a few things I need to go over. I'm a little scattered, but I'm not trying to be. Um, it says, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread, thy water, and will take sickness away from the midst of you. If we serve him, he will take sickness away from us. Are you truly serving him and walking in your calling? Oh, this is going to get good. Y'all might get mad at me. Don't throw nothing. The calling of intercession can be overwhelming to some and easy to others. Inasmuch as, let's see, inasmuch as that when it's the easy, you tend to take it for granted. If it's easy for you to pray for others and be an intercessor, don't take it for granted that you can get up and pray for others anytime you want, even though you do it every day. It's like a routine. It becomes a routine. It becomes habit. But it's not always a good habit because it's like a mechanical habit. There's no spirit in it. There's no Holy Spirit in it because we're doing it out of obligation or routine or a habit. So we need to make sure that when we are called to intercede for someone that we do it with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and with Holy Spirit holding our hand as we do it. Because without Him... Your prayers do not have as much power as they should. And if you... Now, when you... Um, let's see. I'm sorry, I lost my place. Um, when you're overwhelmed... How many of you, like if God tells you to do something, do you feel like you're overwhelmed and you can't do it? Every day. You feel like, hey, why are you asking me to do that? There's somebody else, right? Somebody else? There's never somebody else. Never. Well, there is, but they just, you know, he sticks it with you. But the thing is, when you do it like that, though, you do it quick, short, and you're, you're just wanting it done. Anybody ever pray like that? It's like God says, I, need to, I want you to pray for this person. 
and you're like, but they don't deserve it, but I'm going to pray for them and I, just so that I can say I did what you told me to? I mean, come on, be honest. I ain't the only one. I know I'm not because he told me I'm not. We all do it. There are people that get on our nerves. There are situations, is the better way to say it, that get on our nerves and we're like, okay, we prayed for this like last week. They still going through it? Come on. You know, we, we want them to hurry up and get it. It's like, can we hit them with the Bible? You know, do something. Because what happens is, both of these things being either quick to pray or, or it be an easy thing or an overwhelming thing, it leaves little effect in the spirit realm. When you're walking in the overwhelming or the routine, you're not having an effect in the spirit. And the spirit's where the war is. The prayers of intercession are needed the most in the spirit, not in the flesh. The ones, um, let's see, why do we only humble and seek God when things are going wrong? Why are we not walking in a relationship with Him daily? These are some questions to ask yourself. Do you treat God? Oh, I got a good one here. He asked me this. Do we treat God like we do our earthly family? And I'm going to use this as an example. My family, uh, I wasn't particularly close with my dad, but I love my dad. Miss him, you know, I miss him now. I wasn't close to my mom, but we talked on the phone. But did I go see her all the time? No. Did I go visit all the time? No. And we have family like that. We don't see them. We know they're there, but we don't see them, right? We, we know that they're family. We love them. We love them from a distance, but we're not able to see them. Now, do we only do right in church when we think that Jesus' presence is here? Do you only come to church and get in His presence, get in His spirit to pray because you feel a little move in the church? What about at home? What about at home? Do we only think of Him occasionally and most, for the most part ignore Him? I've done it. How can we be effective intercessors if we do only if we only call on Second Chronicles seven fourteen when we are affected by what's immediately going on? Why do we not call on Him and seek Him when all is well, so that when those times come, we are prepared and not shaken? Now, we all have a calling. And the prayer, the intercessory is not everyone's calling. Is that surprising? It's not everyone's calling. Not everyone, everyone has the ability to pray, but not everyone has the ability to pray and touch heaven. Not everyone has the ability to pray, touch heaven, and let the Holy Spirit guide them. Not everyone has that ability because that's not their calling. Some people are called to do things like pastor. I can't pastor, he pastors. I don't want a pastor. That's a bad job. I don't want that job. Y'all crazy. I don't want his job. But anybody that wants a pastor, y'all crazy. Just saying. Um, And it's not about people. It's about life. Because things that get thrown at pastors, it's not just people. It's not just the church. It's life. So I'm going to ask this question. Are you walking in your calling or are you wearing someone else's shoes? It's okay to try on different shoes. It's okay to try on different callings because if you're not sure what your calling is, God's going to lead you to your right one. But there's a gift of helps. 
And the gift of helps covers a majority of everything ever done in church. And the gift of helps consists of prayer, mainly intercessory, physical helping, spiritual readiness, faith, and obedience, just to name a few. That's the gift of helps. So if you are called to teach, pray, and help, and you try to play pastor, you are not in God's will for your life. Those shoes you are trying on, this is, this is how God gave this to me. The shoes you're trying on will cause you to have sores on your feet. They will also cause you to stumble and fall and take others with you. So make sure you're wearing your shoes. Let's make sure we're all wearing our shoes. I have a bunch of different shoes. Y'all know this in the church. I have a bunch of different shoes. Some of them fit, some of them don't. Some of them are just temporary. But when they start hurting, I take them off. So walk in your calling. It is your reason that he created you. Each one of you has your own calling, your own special thing with God. And that's what he wants us to get out of this 21-day fast. And I'm serious about partying, dude. We're going to party. We're not going to come in here all sad sack. We can't. If we do, then we're no better than the world. What, is, what are we gaining in our fasting and praying? If we come in, oh, I ain't eating three days and I'm going to die now. <laughs> I need some meat. I've done this to pastor. I need some meat. Can I just have a little cup of milk? Just that much. No, you can't. I have a dairy allergy too and I'm not even supposed to have milk. But I'm like, I need that milk. My body needs the milk. But our bodies are going to start lying to us, y'all. Yep. They're going to start telling you you're going to die without that meat or without, or without that hamburger or cheese or, or whatever. And we fasted before, and it don't get easier. Every year it's still the same. Your body still rejects it. It's never going to accept fasting, ever, because you're killing your body to the worldly things. So just keep that in mind when you start starving at 2 o'clock in the morning. And, and if you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you hear God say, go get a cheeseburger, he's, that's a lie from the devil. <laughs> he is not going to wake you up at no 3 o'clock in the morning and say, go get you some meat. You want a fast. <laughs> oh, or, or you can break your fast and just take an extra day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you slipped up? Well, just add another day to it. Well, what if you slip up five days in a row? You got a whole nother week to go. But you're, you're missing the point of the, the community thing of it. Because we're doing it as a community to support one another. You wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, if my phone's by my bed, and if I answer it, you may call me and say, I need to go get a hamburger and I'll talk you down. I will try, I, we'll be your accountability partners. What is it? It's not AA, but it's going to be like MA, Meets Anonymous. <laughs> so we'll try to talk you down. Be honorable in your calling and be careful because when you announce your call to do something, He's going to require you to do it. No matter what it is, He will require you to do it. Let's see. What's our next scripture, brother? Proverbs? Okay. No, next one. There's another one after this. What is the next one? Go ahead and put it up. This one. This one is the one he led me to. And it's Matthew 18, 18 and 9. There's a reason that I have it on here. I just got to find it on my, my little board here. 
We have a tendency to forget God's Word. Let's be honest. How many of you have memorized the entire Bible? Raise your hand. I want to meet you after church. The entire Bible, Genesis to Revelations and everything in between. No? Neither have I. You know how I learned the Bible? He tells me to go read it, whether I want to or not. It says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. When we are in this corporate fast, and we are in the corporate prayer, whatever we bind or we loose will be bound or loosed. Now how many would like to have all the demons that try to attack the church and your families bound? Amen. How many want them loosed? So you need to be careful. Make sure we bind and we loose the right things. And we're doing it as a joint, in agreement type people. Because it says, again I say to you, and this is where coming together for prayer comes in. This is what we do on Saturday. And no pastor didn't put me up to this. This, this came and he didn't even know I was going to talk about it. It says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything or touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. How many want things done for you? How many of you have real needs in your life and in your family's life that need to have God make a miraculous touch right now? You have needs. When you come together and we come on Saturday or whatever day or whatever, when we come together and we're touching, it says touching. Our touching is putting our faith with another's. It means that you can't do it by yourself, so He's going to give you a helping hand. And when He gives you that helping hand, He helps us to move to the next realm so that His Holy Spirit and the power of God can fall on that situation that you are looking for because you may have a lost loved one who is about to die and go in straight into the devil's hell. And you have the chance to help them get out. Amen. And you can't do that alone. You can try. I've done it. But I'm going to tell you something. It takes faith with another because the devil will beat your faith down. He will tell you you can't do it. He will tell you it's not real. He'll tell you it's a lie. He'll say, you ain't got the power. And half the time we believe him. Yes. I know I do. And I'm still struggling with that. because, And, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. But I'm, I'm being honest because... I have to tell myself, greater is God. Greater is He that's in me than in the world. Greater is God in my life. Greater is God in this situation. Greater is God even if the person is the devil straight out of hell acting all crazy and doing all kinds of stuff. That God still loves that person. He still wants to save their soul. That is why our prayer and intercessing is so important. Now to embrace the mantle of intercessory... Deborah, in the book of Judges, she was a judge. And she was so close to God through intercessory prayer that she moved mountains and kings and armies did not move without her. They would not go to battle without her because she was that close to God because she sought Him for intercessory because she did not want to walk in somebody else's calling. She didn't want to wear somebody else's shoes. She wanted to wear her own. And then the... The thing about the time, she was a woman. Men don't listen to women back in those days. But it's funny how the women, two women in that story, she prophesied to the guy and said he will be delivered to another woman and she drove a spike through his head and killed him. 
Don't mess with women when they're serving God. Because they have power if they tap into it. It says, um, it takes work to be an intercessor. It takes work to go in a fast. It takes work to be in a relationship with Jesus. If you think that you're going to be in a relationship with Jesus just because you say, Jesus, come into my heart, and then you don't do anything, guess what's going to happen? That relationship dies. If I wanted to be in a relationship, okay, let's, I'll use pastor. I have to. I'm married to him 37 years. All right, if I, wanted to, if I didn't want to stay with him for 37 years, all I had to do was not have a relationship with him. And eventually, we separate. We go our different ways because he wouldn't like me, I wouldn't like him. Yeah, there's days, but you know. Anyway, no, but I'm saying without the work, there's no relationship. Sister Bonnie, without the work, you and Brother James had no relationship. He had to do his part and you had to do your part, right? Same with God. But the problem is we don't do our part with God. We want God to do it all. And as Mima says, God will only do what you can't do. And the problem is we don't think we can do anything. Let me tell y'all a story. I got a dog. She's a doozy. She convinced her boyfriend she did not know how to cut a cantaloupe. (laughs) Cut a cantaloupe. She didn't know how to cut it. She didn't know how to peel it. So every time they had cantaloupe, he had to cut the cantaloupe and peel it. Until we came by one day, I said, what are you doing? Well, she don't know how. Yes, she does. I taught her when she was 12. She can scoop that thing out and dice it up and do anything with it. Don't tell him that, Mama. Stop lying to him, child. And that's what we did to God. God, we can't do it. And God's sitting there going, you lying through your teeth. You know you can do it. Because God knows if we're lying. But we try to lie to Him. Be honest. We try to tell God we can't. We don't have it in us. We're not able. We're too old. We're too young. We're too this. We're too that. And we're all just right. But we've got to make sure we know we're just right. God doesn't put on you or give you anything you are not equipped to do. If you don't think you can do anything else, pray. If you can't preach or okay, like the musicians, I can't, like Ian, can't do nothing on the musician stuff. It will sound terrible. I will break things, but I can pray. Sometimes I can teach. Teenagers, sometimes. But sometimes I can minister. Sometimes I can work the sound booth. Sometimes I can do this. Sometimes I can do that. But here's the kicker. If I ever told God I can't do it, I'd be lying. But I'm also... I'd be lying in this sense. I can't do it. But He can through me. I have to be willing to let Him do whatever. Even if I look stupid. Even if I look stupid. If he told me to get up here and dance, I don't know if I would. I'm just going to throw this out there to y'all. I don't know if that would happen. But if you ever see it, no, it's God because I don't do it. But I want to do what's honorable to him because, again, we got a 21-day party coming. And I mean party. We're going to party, guys. I'm, I'm going to drill that word into y'all. We're going to party. Every time the devil says you ain't going to make it because you're eating this and this, say, I'm having a blast with it. My taste buds are dancing. I'm having fun. 
It might taste bland and there ain't nothing to it, but I ain't dead. Now I'm going to go pray. Why am I going to pray? Why are you going to go pray? You're starving. I don't care. I'll pray till I ain't starving anymore. Pray till the hunger passes. Pray. This is where our power comes from. It's through intercessory prayer. And if you, if you have people, which we've all been determined that there are people and situations that we are facing right now, Ukraine, gas prices, crazy people in office. I mean, one Wednesday I told you I'd vote for a monkey over Joe Biden and them, and I meant it. So my point being is we need non-crazy people in charge. Okay? Non-crazy people from Russia to Ukraine to wherever, you know, are they all crazy. They need Jesus. So they need lots of prayer. And if nothing else, pray for them before we end up voting for a monkey. Okay? I'm serious. I would, I would, it's just strange. I have a hard time with the people that are in charge because they make so many stupid decisions and they don't think about who it affects. And I know that God will have his way. And I know that he has a plan and a purpose. I know that there is ordained prophecies in the works that will come to pass. But I also know that I've got a loving God who doesn't want his children suffering. And he says if we seek him, he will be there. Ask anything in his name, he will do it. It's all about our relationship with Him. Let me ask you a question, and then I'll, I'll get ready to close with this, um, which I probably will close with this. I've got a question about fasting for y'all. And it's going to sound strange, but the way I'm going I'm to explain it in a minute. When you fast, the part of fasting and praying, when you fast... You're not fasting food for another person. You're fasting food for yourself. To kill yourself daily. To put your body under subjection. So that when it comes to the second part of it where you pray for the others, the power of God's there. You can skip a meal and it will... If I skip a meal, it won't affect Bonnie's body. Whatsoever. Bonnie's body will not get under subjection because I chose not to eat today and all I did was pray, right? Bonnie's body will be the same as she came in as when she left. But when I couple prayer with that and I go to the altar and I pray for Bonnie because I fasted and the power of God and the Holy Spirit's on me, a change can happen in Bonnie's body. Healing can happen in Bonnie's body. And so... When we, when we fast and pray, we need to remember that we, we are fasting and praying for others, but you've got to do both. You can't do one or the other. Fasting gives us the power. Praying gives us the results. Does that make sense? Fasting gives you the power. Praying gives you the results. And the results that we want are people walking in health, people raised from the dead. I want to see a dead person raised. I don't know if y'all do, but I would. I mean, it freaked me out a little bit, but I'd still like to see it. I, I, not embalmed ones, though. That would be really creepy. Um, but I would like to see a dead person raised. Lame people getting up and legs growing back in front of our eyes. I would like to see people miraculously healed from blood disorders. 
from things that where they're crawling up here and on death's door and the Holy Spirit touches them and they get up and they shout, run around the building 15 times and then have fireworks, you know. I want to see that. We got 21 days to party. 21 days to see this. I want to believe, and I'm hoping y'all will join me to believe that by the end of this 21-day fast, that we'll see something. That God will give us a chance to be witness to a miracle that we have not seen in this day and age and needs to be seen now. Whether it's healing, like I said, I'm going to see bones grow. I want to see things happen. And the Lord did share something with me. How many of you know what the armor of God is? Ephesians 6.10. Pastor, can you pass these out? What I did is I have a prayer for the armor of God to be put on daily. And I'm going to pass it out to you guys because I I had a hard time. Mine was like, how do you pray for the armor of God to be put on? It was hard for me. Uh, My daughter gave it to me and said, this is an example of what what she prays daily with her children. And so I was like, okay. I'm going to pass it out to the church so that you have a chance to look at something. When you don't know how to pray for that armor, pray this every morning. Speak it out loud. Cover yourself with it and tell the devil to suss. I'm waiting for him to giggle. To shut up Satan. I still don't know. I'm going to find out what that means. Anyway, but um, he needs to shut up because we've let him talk too long. We've let him talk in our ears, talk in our families, talk in our life. He's talked our families to death. He's talked our friends to death. He's talked people to death. Because when he talks and they listen, they start believing what he says. And when they believe what he says, and he's saying, you're going to die, you're going to die. But God has an option here. When the devil wants to kill you, God wants to heal you. Y'all can have that one for free. When the devil wants to kill you, God wants to heal you. God doesn't want you to die sick, maimed, or anything else. He wants you to die at a good old age, 120 years. I do healing scriptures every day because I want to be healed. I want to walk in healing. I want to be to the fullest I can be. And the lady that we had pray for us yesterday, 80 years old, and that woman has touched heaven in a way that when you get near her, you can just feel the glory of God off of her. And I want to get like that. I want my relationship with God to be so strong. So I'm dedicating, and I know I'm going to have a battle. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I I am not going to have a battle. I am not accepting Satan's lies right now. I am going to have a good party time for 21 days getting close to Jesus. Getting close to the Holy Spirit and getting close to the Father. There's three of them. You can't get close to one without the other, but sometimes we we, we forget Jesus and Holy Spirit or we forget God and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's what's going to keep you going. God's what's going to keep you going. Jesus is what saved you. Jesus is who gave you power. And the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to operate in that power. So, hopefully I didn't bore y'all or be too weird. And I will turn it back over to Pastor. Because it says. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Wednesday nights we've been doing...